they, they will know we are the children of God when we are led by the, by the Spirit of God. They'll know we're the children of God when we're led by the Spirit of God. This means that our lives are supposed to be influenced all the time by the Spirit. I was sitting with a, a man just a few weeks ago who come to our church for a while and was telling me he wasn't coming to our church anymore. And he was telling me that because he says, you guys, you guys talk too much about you know, the, the spirit thing you guys always talk about. I want to just hear about Jesus. And I, I was like, well, listen, 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 uh, just be, be careful here because the spirit's the third person of the Trinity. The spirit is here to glorify Jesus. But Jesus told us he was sending the spirit for our sake. And so we don't want to neglect the third person of the Trinity. We want, to, we want to be led by the third person of the Trinity. He's here for a purpose. And so you can run off someplace where they never talk about the Trinity or the third person of the Trinity or the work of the Spirit in your life. If you, he said, I don't even need it. I said, oh, man, you're scaring me. You are scaring me right now to make that kind of statement about the Holy Spirit that you don't even need him. That's a frightening statement. So God bless you wherever you go. We're going to talk about the Spirit. <laughs> this is one of the hardest things for a pastor, I'll tell you. It's one of the hardest things that you want everybody to come and to grow and to get along, and yet you cannot compromise the message for anybody. You've got to tell the truth even if that sends them out the door. Even if they don't like it, you've got to tell the truth. And, and that's hard sometimes when you want to say, well, let's, you know, be, be patient and do this or do that. No, no. There's some things that are clear cut. We're to be led by the Spirit of God. That's clear cut. I, I say, what does that look like? It means as you go through your life, the Spirit checks you. Don't do that. You, as you walk through life, the Spirit leads you. Go do that. As you go through life, the Spirit enlightens you and shows you and gives you things. I, I was, years ago, uh, sitting in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a house with some people that I'd been through some things with, this, with these people, and, and uh, there'd been some real crisis, some real bad decisions. One of, the, one of the persons had really made some bad decisions in their past, and we, we thought we were through it. I thought we were through it. And at one point in the evening, everybody got up and walked out of the room to go into the, another room besides me and this person who had made some really bad choices. And in an instant, as we sat there, one isn't even thinking about it. I looked over at this person, and, the God, and God spoke in my heart, they're still doing that. And the second God spoke to me and told me that, the Spirit of God spoke to them and said, I just told him. And they burst into tears. And I just called them by name and said, I can't believe it. I cannot believe it. And a couple people came back in the room and said, what? What'd you do? <laughs> so I didn't do anything. The Spirit of God did something. The Spirit of God reveals. He, he'll, 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 he'll lay our life bare at times for our salvation's sake. I mean, think about it. Some of us around here are old enough to remember when 
you know, Jimmy Swigert was really big. And he got caught in that terrible sin that he was caught in. And you sit there and go, well, my goodness, why didn't God just keep that covered up and deal with him privately about it? Because God cares so much about the individual soul, he'll lay us bare before the world. He'll just just lay us out there and say, okay, you're going to be that way? Repent for the sake of our soul. And so, friends, we want to be led by the Spirit. The Spirit will encourage me in dark hours. The Spirit will burden us when we need to be burdened. The Spirit will give us courage when we need courage. The Spirit will give us wisdom when we need wisdom. Instead of arguing, we'll just back up and wait, and the Spirit will give us the right word at the right time that will cut right to the quick. We don't have to get in big arguments. We don't have to get in big fights. Just listen. Just sit there and be quiet. Say, God, I'm not going to say anything until you tell me to say something. He'll give you the right word. Do you notice that before Pilate, there was times when Jesus just said nothing? He said, they're all accusing you all this. And Jesus said, nothing. And finally, Pilate asked him a real straight question. You know, are you the king? And he says, not of this, not the, if I was of this kingdom that you're worried about, my followers would fight for me. I'm from another kingdom. Ooh, Pilate didn't like that answer. That's, that, that freaked him out a bit. And it should have. Because the Spirit was telling him, this is the Son of God standing right in front of him. God was trying to send his wife, send him a message. He, he's seeing that there's nothing with this guy except the jealousy of the Pharisees. He's talking to him, and God's saying to him all along, better, better not. He goes ahead and does it anyway. Because, see, you can resist the Spirit. There's a whole doctrine out there that says we can't resist the Spirit. That the Spirit falls on us, you can't resist him. He's, he's, he's irresistible. But, friends, I'm telling you, you can resist the Spirit. The Spirit will not throw you down and make you do something. The Spirit woos us. He calls us. He convicts us. But He will not make us. If He he would make us, then none of us should ever be under judgment because He could just convict us and make us following. How fair is, is that? for me to be judged if God's going to make me do something. That's not justice. So God woos us and he convicts us. And the same way as believers, we can choose to be led by the Spirit, to get up each day, be aware of the Spirit, be led by the Spirit, seek the Spirit, open our heart to the Spirit, have a Spirit-filled home, have Spirit-filled relationships, have a Spirit-filled life, or we can, be, we can ignore him. He's standing there going, I'm, I'm right here whenever you want to talk, whenever you want to listen. I'm right here. But you can ignore him. He's telling you, don't do it. The Spirit is with us all the time to lead us and teach us. And what it comes down to is this issue of us beginning to listen to him more, beginning to tune in to his presence in us and be aware of him more and more. Now, I want to talk to you a little bit about a couple things that maybe I'll clear some things up tonight. So in this scripture uh, that we just had you turn to, Matthew chapter 28, listen to what it says here. 
Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So, in this case, who's doing the baptizing? Men are. He said, go baptize people. So in this case, we get baptized by somebody, a minister, called to do the battle. What gets baptized? When you come up here and get baptized, we're going to have a baptismal service in the end of June. If you haven't been baptized in water, sign up. You need to get baptized in water if you're born again. You need to do it publicly in front of everybody. So, oh, I'd be embarrassed. Well, let your flesh die. That's why you need to be baptized, so your flesh will die. <laughs> your flesh gets baptized. It symbolizes on this earth to all the people seen. It symbolizes into the heavenlies because all of our lives are being played out in front of a heavenly audience. An accuser, an intercessor, angels who defend us, angels of darkness who attack us. It's all being played out on this great spiritual battlefield that if our eyes could be open to it right now, in some cases we'd be freaked out, in other cases we'd be thrilled. All kinds of things are going on all around us. And in that spiritual realm it says, I am dead to myself, I'm alive to Christ. And there's a, in, in all of these ordinances of the church, there's a spiritual activity that takes place. This is why Paul warns us in Corinthians, don't take communion if you don't mean it. If you're not worthy, if you're so good, don't do it <laughs> because there's a spiritual thing that happens here in the middle of that rebellion that impacts the flesh. And there's spiritual food that comes to you in the middle of that action that feeds the, that feeds the spirit and gives it strength to overcome the flesh. So the body gets baptized. It breaks fleshly holds. This is why some people still struggle with some things in their life, why some are still bound with things in their life, because since they've been a believer, they've never been baptized. Maybe they were baptized as a baby, but listen, we're to follow the Lord in baptism. You didn't follow the Lord any place when you were a baby. You weren't accountable as a baby. Your parents were accountable as a, when you were a baby. You weren't accountable as a baby. You become accountable when you choose to follow the Lord in baptism. And so that's, that's the first one. And so this is why some people, you know, some people why, why some people are not baptized in the Holy Spirit with the giftings is they haven't followed the Lord in water baptism. It's one of the reasons. Number two is there's baptism of the Spirit. This is supposed to be the first thing that happens to us. Before we're water baptized, before anything else happens to us, we're supposed to be baptized of the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 12 it says, For in one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, all were made to drink of the one Spirit. In this baptism, the Spirit baptizes us into the body of Christ. We become followers of Christ. The, person, the one who's doing this baptizing here is the Holy Spirit, and what is baptized is our spirit. 
and we are reconnected with God. We were born body, soul, and spirit. The spirit was supposed to have been given life by the, by the spirit of God. Sin disconnected us. And repentance and the move of the spirit reconnects us. And we become children of God by faith in Jesus' name. It is the spirit who woos us to that. It's the spirit who calls us to that in the middle of a sermon, in the middle of reading a book, in the middle of something. The spirit woos us. I believe that in most cases there's a, usually a series of things that happens before that moment. But in some cases you don't even know what that is. Just one day a person walks in because somebody begged them to come and the spirit jumps over on them and awakens them and they give their heart to Christ and they get saved. They get born again. And that's the Holy Spirit baptizing us into the body of Christ. And that is the first thing. This is where somebody with Catholic backgrounds, doctrine is different. Catholic background, you get to Christ through the church. In Protestant background, you get to the church through Christ. You put your faith in Jesus and become a part of the body of believers. And only the Holy Spirit can do that. And the third one is baptism in the Holy Spirit. In Matthew chapter 3 it says, I baptize you, this is John writing, or John's statement, the, the, John the Baptist. I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me, who is that? Is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. That's kind of cool, isn't it? He's going to baptize. This, in this one, Jesus does the baptizing. And we are baptized in the Holy Spirit. So, in Acts chapter 2, verse 37, says, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, this is at the end of Peter's preaching on the day of Pentecost. Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent, repent. So what's going to happen? They're going to be baptized in the body of Christ. And be baptized, that's water baptism, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Boom, boom, boom. Repent, get in the body of Christ, get physically baptized. You'll receive the, the gift of the Holy Spirit. This process is repeated throughout Scripture. Repent unto salvation. Be baptized in water. Receive the Holy Spirit in your life. And here on out, the third one always follows the first two throughout the book of Acts. They're looking for that all through the book of Acts. They are looking for, have these people experienced baptism? And they're looking for it in a very specific way. Do they have, do they have this prayer language that we talk so much about? Acts chapter 1, verse 4. While staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, 
but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So Jesus is telling them that they should wait for this gifting to come upon them, the Holy Spirit to come upon them. And we too should wait. We should seek him. We should seek him and cry out to him. Now, I want to just give you some some, uh, insight into this a little bit. Two extremes in in the church world today. On, On one side is the experiential Pentecostal, way out on the one side. And it's all about this experience. It's all about tongues. If there's not a message in tongues in a service, it wasn't a good service. Uh, if tongues happens, you can't judge it. Just, you know, it's just got to let it go. Cannot stop what happens. And in uh, many really extreme cases of Pentecostalism, it, they, they wonder if you're even saved if you don't have this gift. It's a far extreme in it. On the other far end is what we mentioned last week, the cessationists that say that day's over. Uh, that's ended. It ended when, when the apostles died off and the Bible was established. It ended. We don't need the gifts anymore. We have the Bible. We don't need those things in our life anymore. Uh, that's all over. And the extreme end of that, one of the most popular a cessationist of the day is a guy named John MacArthur. He's, he's a fabulous, fabulous teacher in a lot of ways. But in one of his latest books, he basically says anybody who has this gift is, you know, demon-possessed and going to hell. I mean, it's, it's really harsh. Uh, it, so that's the, that's the far-out other extreme of it. The problem that the cessationists have is this. In the last hundred years, the greatest outpouring of the Spirit that's ever happened in the history of the world has happened around the world today. We haven't seen it as much in America. But I'm telling you, what, what, what's happened in the early days of the Pentecostal movement in the, in, 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 in the 1900s, you take movements like the Assemblies of God who came up with a very clear statement. We believe God has filled us with his spirit for the purpose of of doing the greatest evangelical work in the history of the world. And guess what? A hundred years later, it's happened. All around the world. There's there's places today, there's places today where where churches are springing up faster than get ministers to to, to train, to, to, to preach in them. It's an amazing move of God that's happened. Demographic numbers are changing in places like India and in places like Africa and south, south part of Africa. You've seen this great you know, spiritual conflict with the demons of hell. I was going to say it. Hold on. Influencing radical Islam to attack and kill Christians. And Christians standing in the, some of the greatest martyrs of the history of the world are happening right now. Right now, I mean, we're talking about getting to heaven and getting rewards, man. You're going to see some of them with piles of stuff because they, they've, they've suffered for the gospel. We've lived in luxury, and some of us can't even make it out on Wednesday night to church. That's too big a sacrifice to ask for some people. It's scary, isn't it? While our country's moving the wrong direction, 
where some of us are asleep at the switch. Nobody here because we're all here, right? So we're talking about all those other folks. So this great movement of God has happened around the world. They, they believe, I mean, the, the statistics are telling us right now that in China that it'll be the largest Christian, Protestant Christian nation in the world in the next 25 years. And it's largely a Pentecostal movement. When, when they chased all the missionaries out of there, got rid of all of them, made all, every foreign missionary leave back at the end of World War II, and then when the missionaries started, coming, they started allowing them to, to, in limited ways to come back, they discovered that all these underground churches and all these things that were still functioning, so many of them were Pentecostal. And so they asked the Assemblies of God and some of the Pentecostal, what, what, did you guys, what did you do? We didn't do anything. We didn't. So they went and asked them, what did, you, what did you do? They said, well, when everybody left, all we had was the Bible. We didn't have all that. All we had was the Bible. And we had the Bible. The Bible told us about this great gifting that we could have, and we got hungry for it, and God's moved on. We needed it because we were under persecution. Yeah. Now, here's, here's the scary thing. Here's what God does to, uh, uh, to his people when they become lukewarm, when they begin to compromise. He lets the fire come. He lets judgment come. So it will drive them back to needing him. Now I'm telling you, I'd much rather hear God's voice than have him take his hand off and let judgment come. But we're dealing in a day and age now where judgment is just around the corner. Our go- there's, there's leaders in our government today that do not want a Christian to have the freedom to say homosexuality is a sin. They, they want they, they're gonna, to, they're gonna try to do everything they can to silence that. I was listening to the news this week and this whole debate about boys being in girls' locker rooms and all this kind of stuff. And you, you just sit there and go, yeah, that's what you just want to go to, to are you kidding me? And, 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 the, and with such eloquence and with such sincerity and with such just overwhelming, I can't believe you wouldn't believe exactly the way I do, is the other side talking to us. Listen, we need to move a God. We need to move a God. So, we need, we need, and we need the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's why we need the power of the Holy Spirit. Because arguments aren't going to change this. Arguments are not going to change it. It's only the power of God that's going to awaken people's hearts. I, I don't care how nice we are or how, how, how good our arguments are or how much we have to say. Hey, when, when you can have somebody stand there and say, listen, if there's an 11-year-old little girl and there's this little boy who thinks he should be a girl, he should be able to go in the locker room and take a shower right next to her, and that should be okay with everybody. How do you argue with somebody who's convinced that's okay? Can't convince that person. They are locked in a lie. They're locked. They're just locked in. They need the Holy Spirit revelation if they're that far down the road. I'm telling you, friends, we've got big problems. So, there's the two extremes. A little more towards the middle, 
you'll have some of the you know, far-in, more conservative Baptists who are now beginning to say, okay, gifts are still happening, and, uh, you know, but we don't need tongues. We don't need some of this other stuff. Uh, one of the major, I think the Southern Baptist movement just recently came out to allow their missionaries around the world to have fellowship with Pentecostal believers. The reason they did that, friends, is because they have to. That's, that's what's out there. And, and what they're finding is a lot of their missionaries are, getting, are out there and they're so desperate for something to happen, they're getting filled with the Spirit. So they've, they've had to lighten, the, they've had to say, okay. Now, they're not, they're not allowing that necessarily in the U.S., but on the, in, the, in the missionary field, they're saying, okay, we're going to let you have fellowship with them and, and let that go on. Uh, again, on the far end, on the, on the uh, Spirit-filled side, uh, you have some, some who say that uh, they have a preference to have tongues, but you, you don't have to have it to be spirit-filled. So you've got the, the, you know, the Assembly of God doctrine is going to tell you that there's initial evidence that's supported in the book of Acts that a person who's filled with the Spirit is going to have a prayer language. Amen. That's what it's going to be. There are others that come a step real close to that, but they say, okay, we believe that, but, but we believe that uh, there's some people, because of their background, because of a lot of other things, that will never receive that, and God in his grace and his mercy still gives them other gifts. So I'm just telling you what the arguments are. I'm not telling you anything other than what the arguments are right now that God's still going to use them and, 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 you know, they'll point to people who are definitely gifted but don't claim to speak in tongues. I was, I've been in meetings with people who I looked at them and just thought, why don't you just let loose and pray in the Spirit, brother? <laughs> you know, you got everything else. Why don't you just let loose and, and let God move in your life? Uh, listen to what it says in, in 1 Corinthians 12. Now, concerning spiritual gift, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. Some passages say ignorant. Either way, it's the same thing. You know that when you were pagans, you were led away astray to mute idols, however you, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no, that no one speaking the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is a curse, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each, to each is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, to another the utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another, the interpretation of tongues. All of these are empowered by the one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he, as he wills. And, and my question for, for people who struggle with gifting and with the Spirit moving is if God was going to bring an end to it at the end of the apostolic age, why did he put it in the Bible? Why didn't he just say, 
oh, I did a lot of things at the beginning of the church to get it started, but I'm not doing that anymore because I'm giving you my word. Why did he say, here's the gifts? I think he said, here's the gifts because he wants us to function in the gifts. I think he says he's going to give to each one a manifestation of the Spirit because he's going to give to each one a manifestation of the Spirit. And we're going to be able to walk in that manifestation. Now, understand this. 1 Corinthians 12 to 14 are all about how the church should function and orderly worship. Even 1 Corinthians 13 talks about love. It's all, Paul is correctively speaking to the church because from the very earliest days of Pentecostal Christianity, the enemy has tried to warp that in the flesh. Why should that surprise us? Well, that shouldn't shock us. The enemy's always trying to warp what God has. That's happening from the very early days of the church. All of 1 Corinthians is about Paul correcting the Corinthian church, trying to get them in order, and now he begins to talk about this very specific gifting of the Spirit. So we get to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and he says, just so we're all, we're all clear, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. Paul says, I speak in tongues. I do it. I thank God I do it more than any of the rest of you. You think you're good at it? He says, I'm, I'm the best. That's what Paul says. I do it all the time. Nevertheless, in the church, I'd rather speak five words with my mind in, in order to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. So we need to have a clear understanding of what's happening here. Is this thing has gotten warped and it's not doing what's edifying the church. 1 Corinthians 14, 15. What am I to do? This is really insightful. I pray with my spirit, but I pray with my mind also. I sing with my spirit, but I sing, but I will sing with my mind also. This is what happens with the spirit and with the mind. Both are able to praise and both are able to pray. Do you get this? There's this misunderstanding. This is why some people don't, and I'm going to stop here in just a second because we're out of time. We'll go on a little bit more next week. There's this misunderstanding that keeps some people from having this gifting in their life. The Spirit's there. They're just not exercising it because they have this feeling that the Holy Spirit's going to grab you, grab them, and make them speak. And so they're just, they're just all bound up. But listen, you speak with your mind. You praise with your mind. You praise and you pray with your mind, with your understanding. What, what are you praying for? You're sitting there saying, oh, Father, I'm just praying for my, my cousin Joe right now who's going through this. What are you praying with? You're praying with your mind. You're thinking about what you're praying for. God, I, I was just looking out today at the stars and the sky and realized you created all of them. God, you are so great. What are you praying with? You're, praying with your, you're praising God with your, with your mind. We sing a song that we're all singing together and, and we're expressing it with our understanding. With our understanding. We understand what's being said. And the same way these words flow from my mind to my mouth to say them, from the Spirit, words can flow, and I can say them. The Spirit wells up with this, and I've got to 
release that and pray in the Spirit. And let the Spirit pray through. This is why I don't like a lot of hoopla around praying for people to be baptized in the Spirit with, to get this gift. I don't like people pushing people or yelling in people's ears or doing all the other stuff that can sometimes happen around Pentecostal. No, just pray for people to receive the Holy Spirit. Just pray. God, touch my brother. Let him be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let him begin to speak in this prayer language. Next, we're going to talk about why. Why is this important? Why is it so important that we have this gifting in our life? And I'll just give you one thing. Because Jesus said so. Jesus thought it was important. And anything Jesus thinks is important, I think I should probably think is important, shouldn't you? He's got the, he has the most clarity of any person who's ever walked the face of the earth. He, he's, got, he's got the most righteousness and the, the most wisdom. And if he says, go wait till you get this, I need to wait. Now, listen, I just want to tell you, if you're, we'll talk a little bit more next week about why this doesn't happen to some folks, but one of the big things is just letting the Spirit, as He, as he flows in us, allowing ourselves to speak in the Spirit, to let what's in us come out of us and just flow in the, in the power of the Spirit and by faith believe God. Okay, has this been okay so far tonight? All right. Listen, our homes need spirit-filled leaders. Our church needs spirit-filled leaders. The church world needs spirit-filled, spirit-led leaders. Our country desperately needs spirit-filled, spirit-led leaders. Uh, We need to be praying we need to be seeking God. And, and all the, the worry and the fret we have over who gets in the prayer, there's reasons we should worry. There's reasons we should fret. But the real answer is the church coming alive. That's the real answer. If the church comes alive, I don't, it doesn't matter who the president is. The, the church will stand. Righteousness will begin to rule. Conviction will come. You know, so many of these politicians, this is what scares me about one in particular. Oh, yeah. They put their little finger in the air, and whatever, whatever the wind seems to be blowing, they kind of get in with it and follow it. That's kind of where they go, wherever the wind's blowing. That's not what the leader does. That's not what, we're, that's not what the church is supposed to do. We're supposed to follow the Spirit wherever the Spirit goes, regardless of how much resistance there is. And unless there's a great awakening in America, there's going to be more and more resistance. More and more resistance. And so we need to be praying. Let's stand together today. You just lift your hands to the Lord. Lord, we lift our hands to you. Uh, tonight, Lord, just in, a, in an action of submission to you, Lord, I don't want to be wise in my own eyes. I don't want to say things in my own flesh to this people. Lord, we'll just, we'll just explain how we see your word telling us how you work in our life. And so today, Father, we just receive your spirit into our lives. 
For those of us who have walked in this great gifting of prayer with the prayer language, we're so thankful. We're so grateful. For those who are seeking it, I just pray you'd fill them with your spirit. Father, today, tonight, tomorrow, let them just discover themselves with a new freedom in you. A new freedom in you, Lord. Not, not, that hasn't happened because any man's shaken them or touched them or done it. That's happened because you touched them. That your son baptizes them in the Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray for our country today. We need an outpouring of your spirit. We pray for the church today that we would be a holy people and a righteous people. Father, we don't want to come across angry at, at those, Father, who are, are not all in in every way. But, Lord, we want to challenge everyone to be all in. That, Father, we would be awakened to understand our times and understand that, Lord, we, are, we stand at the cusp of losing freedom that we cherish to be able to say what we want in our pulpits, to be able to live how we want in our workplaces. Even now, Father, across our nation, there are Christians who are not allowed to live by their convictions. And so, Lord, we, we tremble at that and what comes next. So, Father, we pray for our country that we'd be a holy, righteous people. But, Lord, I pray none of us would walk out of here with fear tonight. But we would walk out, Father, determined to be fully obedient to you, filled with your spirit, knowing that whatever we face tomorrow, your grace will be sufficient. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Let me say one thing before I, I let you go. There are people caught in sin, all kinds of sin. When we talk about sexual sin, there are people living in fornication, there are people living in adultery, there are people who live, are living in homosexuality. They are not the enemy. They're not the enemy. They're the goal. They're the one Jesus died for. We want to see them get saved. We want to see them come to Christ. And, that's, that's the, and so the church doesn't, we don't need to be angry at the world. We need to be filled with the Spirit of God that will bring conviction. We'll talk about how that happens a little bit more next week when we come back here on Wednesday night. All right, God bless you. Go in the name of the Lord. May his joy be in your heart today.